Glass here, people. Did you hear something? No. Hmm. Did I? I don't know. I'm gonna try something. This is very exciting. I'll have a white wine spritzer. It didn't work. Never mind. It says that there's reverb on this console, but I cannot hear it. It's Simpsons time, everybody. And today we are going to talk about Viva Ned Flanders, which I mentioned before that we were going to. Um, this is such a good episode. It's a standout of season 10, which I keep saying is a very, very strong season indeed. This was written by David M. Stern, who I also keep saying is one of my favorites. And it is the one where Homer and Flanders go to Vegas together and end up married to two cocktail waitresses uh, after a bender, a blackout bender. Um, so they wake up in their fear and loathing style trashed hotel room in the hot tub, not knowing that they have married these two women. And then they have to figure out what to do. And it's just a marvelous, uh, like end of act two kicker, you know, for that to happen and for the whole third act to be devoted to uh, trying to weasel their way out of it, like the mighty weasel. And that third act beginning with Homer pacing the floor in the hotel room and going, okay, 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 is <laughs> just so funny to me. There are no celebrity guest voices in this except for the Moody Blues. It's my way of saying that Joan Rivers' voice was impersonated and so was Don Rickles' voice. Don Rickles in particular has like sort of a checkered history with The Simpsons and there was no way he was ever going to do The Simpsons. So as a way of getting back at him, they just, you know, put him in the show in the very beginning. He was in Burns's casino. I guess maybe that's a little bit of an insult to him that he wasn't in Vegas. He was in Burns's casino uh, that was being imploded in the beginning. 
And they just impersonated his voice. Joan Rivers, uh, on the other hand, came back and did the show. She was Krusty's agent and then his girlfriend in a really great show from, I want to say, 2013. And the Moody Blues were really funny. I mean, they're only in it for a minute, but all of them get to speak. And uh, <laughs> uh, and it comes at a wonderful moment when you've already forgotten that the Moody Blues are a part of the show. Because up until then, you really have only seen that very, very funny sign gag about them as Homer and Ned are entering Vegas. It's an extremely well-paced show. Um, I will run down the plot in a minute. Um, but I really like the that they don't even get to, uh, I was going to say New Orleans, that's silly. They don't even get to Las Vegas um, until quite a bit has happened in Springfield and all this craziness of um, Homer finding out Ned's true age is, you know, a very interesting local Springfield material. So here's the plot. Um, Burns's Casino, which we have not at all seen since the whole, you know, extravaganza that was the episode Springfield or how I learned to stop worrying and love legalized gambling. Um, so much, you know, was done. So many stops were pulled out for that episode. Only to have absolutely zero mentions of the casino later on. Uh, so yeah, finally now, five seasons later, they are uh, deciding to cut their losses and demolish Burns' Casino. And there's a little bit of uh, fourth wall breaking chit chat at the very beginning when everyone is remarking on the fact that it's forgotten about. It's demolished. It is actually imploded, not exploded, which is a source of confusion to everyone. Um, interestingly, the guy who presses the plunger on the dynamite is Roscoe from the steel mill, the gay steel mill. So, yeah, as um, the Simpsons in their car are trying to escape the dust from the imploded building, they do not escape it, and so they have to go to the car wash. 
Hey, well, my car looks a little dirty. Really? You think I should wash it? Um, and yeah, like I said, there's a lot of funny, you know, within Springfield moments. Cletus is bathing his family uh, in the back of the pickup truck. And um, comic book guy tells the car washer to be careful with his bumper stickers. Homer's antenna gets snapped off in the car wash uh, while Marge and the kids are inside looking through the uh, cassettes, discount cassettes bin. Or maybe they're free, right? She remarks that they're free. Logins and oats and all these other wuss rock artists. Um... And it is here that they run into Flanders and um, Homer observes him using a senior citizen's discount for the car wash. Uh, and he keeps it to himself until church when he blabs about it, thinking that he's going to catch Flanders in a lie, which would be very exciting for him you can imagine um but of course flanders is not lying he confesses in front of the entire town who's at church the whole congregation uh that he's 60 years old and so <laughs> homer's little trick backfires spectacularly then like, everything that Homer didn't want to happen happens because everyone's muttering to each other. Oh, wow, he looks fantastic. Da, 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 da. <laughs> like, uh, and, you know, that's a, become a facet of Ned's character is that he is in terrific shape. And, you know, women are attracted to him. And he's he's sort of, you know, a physical paragon. But this aspect of his character didn't come about until a little later in the series. And I want to say around now. Well, you know, he does show his bare chest in a streetcar named Marge, which is much earlier. Just as an aside, I want to say that there, just like there are many episodes where Mo is the central character. This counts as one of the ones where Flanders is a central character. Uh, and they're, to me, always enjoyable, you know, when they uh, mine personalities outside the Simpson family for very uh, emotionally interesting episodes. So now that everyone has found out that Flanders is 60, uh, he starts to have a little bit of a crisis internally. He's like, have I wasted my whole god dang diddly ding dong life? Um, and he has this, this whole sort of breakdown, which I guess is not uncharacteristic for him. Once in a while, he does have a little bit of a tantrum. Um, when he's driving with Maud and the kids and they finish his sentence for him about having plain bread <laughs> um, with a glass of water on the side for dipping. 
And that bothers him so much that he comes to Homer for advice, who's a very good choice. Uh, and when he makes the inquiry, Homer is on the roof uh, rotisserieing a chicken on the chimney while Bart feeds the fire in, inside the house. And he has a whole other pile of meat beside him that he is going to roast on the chimney. Uh, which is just, I really like that piece of writing. So yeah, it is only then that they get the ball rolling to start to go to Vegas, although it's a total impulse. Impulsive decision, as going to Vegas often is. Uh... Homer takes his role of life coach very seriously. He gets Ned to sign over power of attorney to him. And um, <clears throat> they're driving around. He asks Ned to throw away all his notes and live in the impulse zone, which is another joke I like. That's your problem. You're living up here, pointing to his brain. You got to live down here. And you think he's going to point to elsewhere on his body, but it's just like a little bit lower down on his head. <laughs> um, in the impulse zone. Uh, so yeah, he he's like, we're going to break the bank at the Monty Burns Casino, and is re reminded that they just blew that up yesterday. Uh, so the next best, best thing is to drive all the way to Las Vegas, which of course we have no idea how far away it is, but it's a drive. And then they arrive there. And this is like a third of the way through the show. They're there. On their way in, they pass Hunter Thompson and his attorney on their way out, drawn in the Ralph Steadman fashion. Which I've said before has been alluded to on Simpsons. Um, most saliently in that that famous um, still, that, that sequence in Selma's Choice when Lisa's tripping and sees Selma in Ralph Steadman pose with the crazy necklace and all that. Um, and I think my favorite part of the show comes up as they're entering Vegas and they are looking at all the light up signs because there's sign jokes, you know, three a second, kind of. I think the Joan Rivers harassing Flanders is so not funny. Uh, but all those signs are really great. Oklahomos and Klondikes. And, um, there's something that was very strange to see. Uh, like, right at the bottom of one of the signs, it says Rip Taylor Negron. Uh, and, of course, Taylor Negron, the comedian, was, like, good friends with a lot of people in Hollywood, so I'm sure that was just, like, a sort of tip of the hat to him. Um, but now that he's dead, it, it reads as R.I.P. Taylor Negron, which is weird. Eerie, even. <laughs> um, so, yeah, by far, and, you know, the safari casino that has as its uh, attraction outside a roller coaster with zoo animals in it safari animals, I should say. Um, 
you see the great reflections of all the neon lights in the car window. There's a few shots that are from outside the car, and you see like Flanders cowering in the in the seat. Um, and I really like how that is done. But yeah, as I mentioned before, the great big sign about the Moody Blues says, you know, tonight sat the Satin Knights sing the Moody Blues, opening act, the Moody Blues, which is like, it takes you a minute to really grasp how funny it is, but it is very good. Um, And so Homer is, you know, trying to get Ned to do all these crazy things. He wants him to volunteer to uh, lie on the X as Lance Murdoch jumps his motorcycle over him. He doesn't do it. Homer does it instead uh, and almost kills Lance Murdoch. They go to gamble and they win and then they lose. They win after... Uh, Flanders mentions a Bible verse and Homer takes that number and puts uh, money on the roulette number that corresponds to that. And then they lose after Homer dumps out Ned's whole wallet and wagers everything that he owns, basically. They meet the cocktail waitresses as uh, they are lounging in the bar at the, um, I think they call it Nero's Palace. It's a, like a Caesar's Palace parody. Um, they're sitting in that uh, couch that looks like a chariot seat and drinking. And Homer is enticing Flanders to drink. And he has that uber-famous line about the white wine spritzer. Which everyone loves. I mean, that's what most people remember and love about this entire episode, is that one wine spritzer was the cause of it all, right? Like, it led to this amazing night of craziness, uh, which actually happened several years before The Hangover came out, right? Um, it w likely was even the inspiration for it. Partially. If not totally. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so... They wake up, as I mentioned, in their trashed hotel room. They don't know how it got trashed. And Flanders thinks that he's ready to go home. Having been, you know, rehabilitated and shown the ways of the impulsive, he's finally lived a little, and now it's safe to go back to Maud and the kids. But there comes the twist when Amber and Ginger come out of the bathroom in their regular clothes, not in their Grecian slave outfits that they wore as cocktail waitresses. Oh, listener James from Westwood says that his favorite uh, sign gag is loosest craps in town, which I also really like. This is going back to the entering Vegas montage. Um, 
So yeah, they are shown a video of their uh, slapdash wedding that they they really did do, you know, as evidence that this happened and it is binding. Um, and that's good, the, the footage of drunk Homer and drunk Flanders. Flanders is dressed as Elvis and Homer is dressed as Frank Sinatra <laughs> uh, while this is happening. Um, and so the, the whole rest of the show is devoted to Homer and Ned breaking the news to Amber and Ginger that they can't be married to them. Amber and Ginger not accepting that, and so they run away to the strains of the classic song, Viva Las Vegas, the Elvis version, the original version. Um, and that's another great uh, showcase of all of the visually cool things in Vegas like when the when they're cowering behind the the stack of chips this like mountain of chips and then the chips are taken away and you see that they you know that they have been like ducking behind them um the whole business with the security cameras you can see them like all through all the security cameras which also happened in the Springfield episode. Um, they climb on top of the slot machines and tip them all over like dominoes and the people continue to play them. Um, and on and on and on. They are dishonoring their marriage vows. And the, the casino manager is like, not in Las Vegas. And the whole episode ends with them being kicked out of Las Vegas for this bad behavior, which is just such an absurd thing. Um, but they milk it for all it's worth. That manager and Dredrick Tatum and uh, the performers Gunter and Ernst with Anastasia the Tiger plus Amber and Ginger, all, like, gather at the city limits to kick them out. And the casino manager says, Las Vegas doesn't care for out-of-towners. Take your money and go someplace else. <laughs> um, uh, and that is the conclusion of this just very, very well-done episode. Uh, very lavish. As it must be. If you're taking the Simpsons action on the road to such a lavish place. Uh, and even the credits are done um, in a unique way where they're superimposed on a little marquee. And I suppose that's all I have to say. I really like this episode. I'm sure I will think of other things, maybe for the podcast, uh, to append to this lecture that you just heard. Thank you for listening to Simpsons Time. It's the Dead Kennedys singing Viva Las Vegas, of course. 
And you just listened to Simpsons Time Through the Deregulator, a podcast done by WFMU and me, Amanda Nazario. I actually don't have anything to append except to say that I recorded that thing you just heard before I had ever been to Vegas, and I have since been there. And I can say that it is really very accurate, the show. Um, I guess I can also say that I am not really sure if that safari animals gag with the, where the animals are on the roller coaster comes from Viva Ned Flanders or a much more recent show where uh, Homer went to Vegas. I really don't recall, but I guess I'm going to trust my past self who had very recently watched the episode. Oh boy, that's interesting. (laughs) Thank you so much, dear, dear listener, for listening to this podcast this week. I will be back next week with another episode to talk about and think about. And won't that be fine? All right. Take care, everyone. Bye.